speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. Because I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Satan has done everything that he can to stop this service. For two years, he has been steadily at work to stop the service. But he didn't have enough. Now, you thought I was talking about me, but I was talking about you. He's been after you a long time trying to stop you, but he don't have enough. Glory. I'd like to speak about you for just a bit today. This is a special service. There's special expectations to happen here tonight. You know, many times in the world, people have expectations and they, maybe they're a fan of a certain team. They'll spend incredible amounts of money and drive incredible miles. And they'll go and they'll wave their banners. They'll scream and they'll holler. And their team loses. Maybe the performer didn't do as quite as well. But you won't find that with Jesus. No matter how far that you came to this meeting, you came with expectations. And in those expectations were to draw closer to the Lord. He'll meet your expectations. Amen. God bless you. Such an honor to be here. I'd like to speak to you for just a little bit on the final runners. There had to be somebody last. God just so happened to choose you because he saves his best for last. If you remember, there was a wedding that took place and and they had run out of wine. Jesus so happened to be going near that wedding and they called him and, 
And he came and he blessed the water and turned it into wine. Whether you know it or not, history tells us that there was 52 barrels of water sitting there. And when he blessed that water, it was not only enough wine for all of the party and all of the community, but it was enough wine to be sold that that family could be blessed the rest of their lives. He gives good gifts. Now, if he would do that for his first miracle, what will he do for you tonight? Do you have your barrels with you? In Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. And he said unto them, Go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Hallelujah. In my name shall they cast out devils. And they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. Jesus was preparing for the prayer line 2,000 years ago. Amen. Maybe you have a need on your heart. You'd just like to say, Brother Ron, you may not be able to see me or ever shake my hand here tonight. But Jesus knows exactly what I need. Amen. Heavenly Father, we sense your presence here just now. Lord, you have accompanied this pulpit already with your presence. I feel you just near me. Now I ask you that you would uh, anoint us for service. We have studied, we have prayed, we have laid aside time to prepare for this meeting. Your children have came. It's like a grand orchestra. Everything is set in order. Now, Lord Jesus, we ask you. Our hands are up. You know our many needs. Father, we're an open book before you. You know all things. You know where we are. If we're on fire or if we need the Holy Ghost, maybe backslidden our condition, we've came to the right place. You're the great doctor. You know exactly how to deal with our hearts. I ask you to anoint these lips, bridle my tongue, Lord, anoint us with the Holy Ghost. May my mind be sharp in this very moment. May the fog roll back and allow me to speak the word of life. Dear God, strengthen us tonight. Bless this service. Bless Brother Tim. You see his needs, and I ask you to, to touch him and his entire family. Touch this church, the many churches that will be affected by this, even this meeting tonight. Touch them now, we pray. In Jesus Christ's name we ask you. Amen and amen. You can be seated. Brother Branham uses a term called the final voice to the final age. That's more than just a good poetic lyric. It's more than just some words to say. But 
the final Gentile messenger was standing there and he knew that there was a group of people that were coming. Some of you wasn't even born yet, but, but let me just say this to you. He knew the seeds that was going into the ground that they would come up. And what an invincible army that you are. What a powerful group of people that you are. And we're living in the final moments. If we can only grasp where we're standing at, more than a Timex watch, more than just a, another service, more than just another meeting, Brother Branham would use this term, whatever you do, don't miss it. He would even stop when, when, when the service was going on, the discernment was happening, and he would, he would call a man's name and tell him his condition. And he would tell him, so now, don't miss it now. Go to another patient and, and call them out in the audience, this one, this, and this one here, and come back to the man and remind him, whatever you do, don't miss it. I'm not a prophet, but I want to say this to you as an audience. Whatever you do, don't miss what God's doing. Don't miss what God's doing here in this service just now. No matter where you're sitting, the front or into the back, don't miss that God is passing by this way. We're living in a junction. It's a junction of the end of the Gentile dispensation. It's just before the rapture of the church, going into the tribulation period. It's just before bombs are getting ready to drop on America. But let me just say this to you. Because of you. Because of you. Putin cannot drop a bomb. Oh how he would like to. And what a machine of a, of a military that he has. He's just playing marbles with over there. And I don't mean it that way. He's destroying a nation. But he's just playing marbles with the Ukraine. He's got power that's almost unlimited in his nuclear capability. He's been raised for a purpose. But even in all of his raising and all of his military and all of his ambition, he can't do nothing. Until God takes you off of the earth. Not one bomb can drop on this nation until you are gone in a rapture. I want you to understand. We're the living physical attribute of the thoughts of God. Manifested on the earth today. We could not be born in another age. We could not be born in another time. Maybe you would have liked to have been a cowboy. Maybe you'd like to have been a lot of different things. But God didn't raise you for that age. He raised you for this age. Every generation has to have its own revival. So let me just say this to you. You haven't missed it being born in another age in this age. God has a revival for you. I'd like to announce to you today the bride's revival is happening. We're not looking for it to start or someday it's going to happen. It's happening. Yeah. 
It's happening. Listen, just, just get your eyes wide open. It's going on among us. This is our revival. And I want to make an announcement. There's nothing that the devil can do to stop it. You see, a man didn't start it. This didn't come from the theater of a certain message church. This didn't come from a certain personality of a message assembly. This is a universal revival around the world. God is sweeping through his children. God's going to do more than take cancer out of your body. He's going to do more than take depression from you. He's going to change the molecules of your body. Gray hair is going to turn red again. Shoulders are going to straighten up. This nordo is going to take on immortality. And we're going to be changed in the moment and the twinkle of an eye. The scripture says in... Brother Branham would use this for the rapture text. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing that I have desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me, and he shall set me upon a rock. That was the scripture that the prophet would use as a precedent for the rapture. In the time of darkness, in the time of trouble. So God has predestinated you to live in this day. When God speaks a word, that word goes forth and it's a thought then it's a word then it's expressed Isaiah no doubt did not realize what he was writing and the power of it when he says he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes, we are healed. Don't you know the devil knows that scripture by heart? No doubt it confounded many. But let me just say this to you. Even on death's door, this scripture has power. Let me just say this to you. Don't you ever give up. Don't you ever give up. But brother Ron, my condition, don't you ever give up. Don't you ever fear cancer. The doctor tells you you're eat up with cancer and there's cancer all over your body. Don't you fear it. 
You look it right in the eye. Somebody is going to prove the word of God. Somebody's going to get a miracle. And there can be no miracles without masses. So I want to ask you, which is the greatest? The thought? The spoken word? Or the expression? If God thought of this meeting too before the foundation of the world, and in it he knew what color tie you would wear, He knew where you would sit at. And you walked in and maybe had a little trouble finding a seat. He knew where you would wind up at. It's not fatalism. He knows all things. He knows every situation. And if God has been planning throughout eternity for you to arrive. Now maybe you're sitting there today and say, well, God ain't never did nothing for me. I'm glad you would ask. God watched over your natural seed. All the way since Adam. And through wars and through plagues and through situations. And in every discharge of seed. One million seeds are released, but only one of them is predestinated to life. God didn't do that just one time, but since Adam, he's been watching over your lifeline. Hallelujah. He knows how he wants you. He took a picture of you before the foundation of the world, and the thought has become material. Hallelujah. No wonder Satan hates you. I'm just going to stretch here just for a minute. Just, just a stretch. But maybe somewhere in his operating in heaven, he got to look at the photo album. And he got to look at the photo album of what's to be. And now you have arrived. How much terror that must put in his heart. They're here. You're just not here. But you're here to destroy the works of the devil. Now, God keeps all of his appointments. Today, six years ago, it was after the prayer line that I was taken to the, to the cabin. And there I would have a vision, a vision of a little boy coming across the grass. And I would see him coming. Now, just before 
I saw that vision, Brother Aaron. Brother Aaron's in the building here somewhere. Brother Aaron Oglesby. <clears throat> he had taken me, and, and I turned to him, and the Lord spoke through me that he was going to be a preacher. And God was going to use him mightily. And those big old arms went up against the wall, and he had a real experience. I don't know if you've heard Brother Aaron speak, but his mama didn't call him, his daddy didn't call him, God called him. You see, my daughter, it was impossible for her to have a child. Then my son-in-law, it was impossible for him to have a child. But God is good at impossibilities. He will take your impossibility. I believe it's a little Tushner baby that's just been born. God knows how to take impossibilities and make them a reality. It was in a meeting like this that Drew, we saw a vision of Drew walking. And today he's running. He ran the other day in a, in a marathon for me. A cancer marathon for me. Drew, you're not just walking, you're running. <laughs> Hallelujah. Drew, where are you at? Hey man, there, go ahead and stand up on a chair. Maybe the only time you're ever given permission to do that. Satan, I want you to look at that. You couldn't stop it. <laughs> Mariah is here somewhere. Mariah, where are you at? Mariah, Mariah, Mariah. We heard her testimony today. And for those that that didn't get to see the play. I want you to archive that. She gave a phenomenal testimony today. Satan, you couldn't stop. (laughs) Jessica Martin was walking across the platform that night. And the Lord kept telling me, wait on Jessica, wait on Jessica. I didn't have a clue what was going on. She stepped before me and the Lord spoke, I'll give you your son. And that wayward, backward son that had went away from the Lord, he now serves the Lord and has a family. Now, I want to say this to you. I want to stretch it out to you today. You may have a brother or sister that's decided they want to walk away or run away. I want you to claim them tonight. Come on, I want you to claim them. Claim them. We refuse for Satan to steal our children and our young children. We refuse for our homes to be broken up and shattered. We're not leaving without them. Hallelujah. It was in a prayer line that Michael Ray came through. Michael Ray had made promises that he would never preach the gospel. 
that he would never do any, he would never step behind the pulpit because of the sacredness of it. God spoke to him that night and supernaturally moved for he and his wife. He now preaches the gospel that Brother Biscles and Brother Tom Ray's, a powerful speaker. God knows what he's doing. I remember a little crippled girl that was crippled, couldn't walk in a South Carolina meeting. About 1,100 people there. <clears throat> and in just a moment, God raised that little baby out of that wheelchair. I felt her legs begin to move and jerk. And she said, I believe I can run. She not only walked, but she ran all over that building. Brooke was, was, was told that she was going to be born with, with little bitty legs. Brother Tim had a dream about Brooke being born well. We prayed for her at the church, and Brooke was born perfect. <clears throat> These are you know, I, I love to tell Brother Branham stories, but these are things that I've seen God do. I had preached on take it back, take it back, take it back. Abigail, Abigail's in the building. I've heard her sing. Abigail, Abigail, where's Abigail? Brother Josh Bennett's daughter. Daughter, where's she at? Yes, she's not in here. All right, maybe she stepped out. Amen. Yes. <clears throat> but God reached out and grabbed a hold of her. And as I walked by, Brother Andrew Tushner, I told him, I said, your baby's coming. You see, that same God's here. It was in North Carolina after the meeting. And the enemy had tried, Brother Donnie, you were there, but the enemy had tried to stop the meeting as I preached. Seemed like demon forces were coming against me. I said, if God can't operate out here, he'll operate behind the, the curtain. I stepped behind the curtain, and when I met Sister Caitlin Green, it was impossible for her to have children. Her father and mother are here tonight. And Nathaniel Green, God gave them that baby exactly one year to the day. That baby's named Charlie, and he's well. A couple of more things happened there that were incredible miracles, but Brother Guido Vanderbrant was standing there. And Brother Guido was there, and, and he, just, he just raised his hands before the Lord. He had just been in a meeting that was just, just before the week before we were preaching. And I told him, I said, Guido, there's a, there's a letter in your, in, your, in your bag. It's against you. It's a demon that's trying to derail you. You throw that thing away. Standing, standing there that night, I, I saw Guido in North Carolina. I said, Guido, there's a train coming for you. There's a train coming for you. Don't worry. You'll get on. You'll be okay. In just about a month to six weeks, he was gone to be with the Lord. Brother Terry, 
Brother Joe Green's brother, brother-in-law, had sat in church for decades. And I say this for you because you may have sat in church for decades and waited on a moment, but tonight might be your moment. And Terry had sat there and he was one of the party of the good old boy community. Everybody loved him. I loved him. And he was sitting there and he saw those things take place. He saw the supernatural. And I turned to Terry standing up against the wall. And he looked at me and he said, Ron, I can serve a God like that. I prayed for him. And let me just say this to you. His wife confesses even tonight. He's going to be with the Lord. But she said, I walked in with one man. And I walked out with another. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Donnie's granddaughters, if they could just stand just now. Brother Donnie Reagan's granddaughters, if they could stand just now. Amen. Amen. What are you what are you doing, Brother Ron? I'm telling you that God's not dead. There may be a lot of dead preachers and a lot of dead churches, but our God's not dead. Our God's not dead. These girls, they were sitting in in that meeting in North Carolina that I just shared with you, and that's the reason I shared that. And I saw a dark shadow over, over your mother. Let me just say this to you, and the reason I bring that up, and I shared it with Brother Donnie before, if I could see that dark shadow, that tells you that God's able to remove that dark shadow. Gabriel, would you stand just now? Gabriel was expected to play professional football. He's my nephew. He was on his way. He was doing had a doctor. He was getting ready to have his doctor's degree. On his way. Had the world by a tail. He was going. And he was doing incredible things. And he, he thought everything was all right. And all of a sudden the world started coming to an end. He came to the room where I was at the day before that I was getting ready to get a brain surgery to remove a tumor about that size. Let me just say, Satan thought he could pull a trick. But I want to show you what a stupid devil he is. They said I didn't have brain cancer. But I lost my vision on my left side and they told me something was wrong. And Brother Wayne Lawson was preaching. And I said, Wayne, something's wrong. And I went to the hospital the next day and they searched all day long. And that night they found three brain tumors in my brain. One the size of an egg and it caused my vision to leave. Had my vision not left... The doctors have told me, said, had your vision not left, you'd have died in about two weeks. But the devil's stupid. Come on, church. We don't have to fear him. 
And I went into that brain surgeon knowing they was going to remove a piece about that big. Brother Dave was in the room. That room was packed. That was before COVID. That room was packed, packed with people. And all of a sudden, for some reason, everybody left but him. And I looked over at him and I said, God emptied this room for me and you to have a conference. And in five minutes time, that boy would give his heart to God. And he was a complete different guy. And he's never turned back ever again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God don't forget. He don't forget. We've seen blind eyes open. We've, 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 we've watched the ears come open. We've seen cancer flee. We've seen the dead raised. All I'm doing right now is exercising. I'm exercising the word of God. That's the same God that's in the building today. It's not a God of yesterday or a God of has been. Brother Stanky, God came to your room. You were a dying man and God came to your room. Turned your life completely around. He came to your room, Sister Stanky, and turned your life around. Elena, that same God met you in the service and leaning on the everlasting arms. You grabbed a hold of arms that would never fail you. You grabbed a hold of arms that held you in. He is the great shepherd that holds you up. Esther, God has not forgotten. What is the strongest? The thought, the word, or the expression? What you're looking for will one day be expressed. While it was in the trailer, there's a girl named Con here. Con. I may not be saying that right. She, she's here. Con. Yes. Where you at? There you are. Satan tried to take your daddy. He tried to destroy your family. And you came to this meeting for a supernatural touch. Is that right? Well, he's here to give it to you. I wanted to share a few more things for you. The scripture says, Know you not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you might obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is tempered in all things. 
Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. Acts 2 and verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from a rushing mighty wind as it filled all the house where they were sitting. And the reason I'm reading that because that same God's in this building now. And more than 120 is here, but the same God is here to fill every vessel that's here. And the scripture says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. One filling, many refillings. Oh God, I pray that you'd refill our cups tonight. Moms, dads, counselors all over the building. Let's pray for an old-fashioned pouring out of revival in our lives. I don't want to miss it. God has to have somebody that'll hold the banner. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 33, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weaknesses were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepted to delivers, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sown asunder, were tempted. They were slain with a sword. They wandered in sheepskins and in goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God provided, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us, Satan, you can't stop them. It's a proven fact. You can't stop them. You'll not stop us. Wherefore, seeing we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. And the sin which does so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy was set before him endured the cross despising the shame. And is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. These all passed. But they did, they did not fall victim. They died 
victory. They died in faith. They stood the testimony. Their life was a signature addition of a masterpiece in motion. More than a picture on the wall. But their life was a signature addition of God. Living in an age under the same anointing of the messenger. And they took the book. The scripture says, I press toward the price of the, of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. I press. I don't want to do it half-heartedly. If I knew tonight was my last service, I'd give it everything that I've got. And so since Satan don't have enough to finish the job, I'm going to torment him until I leave the earth. This ain't Hollywood, good days, bad days, horrible days. But every day is a victory. Every day is a day that Satan swore that he would take me off. But I want you to know I'm still standing and Satan's kingdom is still defeated. God give us grit and backbone. Give us strength. If nothing else, may my example give you faith to get rid of every excuse in your life for not serving God at the best of your ability. Let me just say it like it is. If I can serve God with cancer all over my body, How much more can you serve God in a healthy body? Come on, church. God's purpose can never be defeated. There's nothing can harm us until God says so. God's strategy is to empty human vessels and shake the world with them. God's got a plan for this meeting. God's got a plan. And that plan is for you to empty the world out of you. Empty every besetting sin out of you. Don't wait till tomorrow. Tonight you're not. Don't worry about your neighbor. It's you and God. It's your turn to run. Moses is not coming back to run. Noah's not coming back to run. It's your turn to run. It's your time to serve God. Don't do it half-heartedly or just when it's convenient. I pray to God, God fills you so with the Holy Ghost that you can shake your world around you. 
Brother Branham said, I pray that we can have a prayer meeting that'll shake the shingles off of the roof. He said, in the church of the living God lays the power to heal all sickness. In the church of the living God lays the power to overcome all temptation. In the possession of the church of the living God this morning lays the power to change sin and throw it away and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. In the church of the living God, whatsoever you desire, ask in my name and it shall be given unto you. You have a right to enforce your God-given privileges and promises to you. And Satan may be trying to block them. You tell him, get out of the way. You tell him. When the preacher's not around, you tell him. the job. You take this word and you use it across your lips. You pull your sword and you defeat the devil. Let me just spend just a few more moments here. I want to share to you some New Testament men when they got their turn. They didn't waste their time. I want to tell you, don't waste your time. You, you may be young, but don't waste your days. A man named Buddy Robinson who preached in this area. Brother Branham would call him Uncle Buddy Robinson. He would travel two million miles have 100,000 conversions and preach 33,000 sermons. John Wesley, you've heard his name before. He came to a spot to where that he was not happy in that dead denominational church. And there had to be more. And he got into a channel and God opened that channel and when he would preach, they'd throw him out in the street. So he, he, he would grab a box and he would stand on a box and preach. His crowds became so large that they had to go into open fields. The Spirit of God would fall and in one meeting, 10,000 people were slain in the Spirit. A hailstorm came. And he told them, go home. And they screamed, keep preaching. So it was not just John Wesley. It was a people that were eager to hear the word. I'm going to preach to you. Maybe my last time. But I'm tired of these dead preachers that don't want emotion in their church. They want a, just a good old Baptist conversion amongst the people. And they're dead.
for you. They're backslidden. I don't care what label that they have and how long that they've been in the message, they're backslidden. What they need is an old-fashioned revival on the inside of their hearts. Let the fire fall. Ice, ice machine preachers produce ice cubes all over the building. And churches become so dead till God is not welcome there no more. So he writes Ichabod over the door. And the spirit of the Lord has departed from them. And they'll make fun of your music. They'll make fun of your worship. But you can make fun of me all you want to. I'll keep shaking hell as long as I'm still alive. John Wesley was stoned and left for dead five different times. Five times they stoned him. And after they were gone, he started rolling rocks off of him. He got up and he shook himself. I like John Wesley because he was five foot one, redheaded. <laughs> you know what he's doing the next day? Preaching. He averaged eight sermons a day. So in our area, there was a man named Robert Sheffy. Robert Sheffy was a man that was, was quite, a, quite a man. He was a man known to, to break up whiskey stills, go to the hardest core of, of whiskey maker, get that man converted. He said, if I can get that man converted, I can get the whole community. And most of the time he would pray beside that steel and ask a great oak tree to roll off of the top of the mountain and crush that steel. Over a hundred times it happened. You say, Brother Ron, that's impossible. Over a hundred times it happened. Brother Branham really liked one guy. His name was Peter Cartwright. He mentions him in the greatest battle ever fought. Interesting place to mention Peter Cartwright. I think I have told you before. Peter Cartwright was, was a little man on fire. And, and he didn't turn down a fight. And Brother Brandon says he goes into a town and, and in that town he, he, he gets this old building. He starts cleaning the windows. And in cleaning the windows, the sheriff, the bully comes in and says, you can't have a meeting here unless you go through me. 
And I, I'm telling you, you can't have a meeting here. You'll have to whip me first. And he just got appropriately right down off of that ladder and rolled his sleeves up. It'll kind of like Brother Donnie would do. Rolled his sleeves up and pummeled that man. And that man became the first convert of the church and then became the pastor of the church. has tried to stop you along the way maybe even in a service tried to keep you from worshiping and praising the Lord or, or getting into the preaching and it'll get into your mind maybe you need this next testimony it was a Wednesday night and he was up preaching and when he was preaching 30 men walked into the meeting and tried to disturb the meeting he asked the deacons will you go put, just, just get them out well, if you want to do it, I will. And he whipped 30 men. I'm talking about your family here. Don't go get dignified and starchy on me. I'm talking about your family. church on Sunday morning and none of the other ministers had anything to say and he said well I'll preach yeah. and he preached for a half an hour on the gates of hell shall not prevail and if it couldn't prevail then it can't prevail now all night Sunday night all day Monday all night Monday night all day Tuesday all night Tuesday night and on Wednesday they baptized 300 people I'll tell you the gates of hell will never prevail <laughs> many of you read his writings a man named Charles Spurgeon. One interesting point I want to give to you. He wanted to build a church, the Metropolitan, that would seat at least 6,000 people. 12,000 people showed up every service. I'd say it was full church. And he would hand out literally thousands of copies of his sermon before he walked to the pulpit. Two things that are interesting I want to drop here. And he thought that every sermon that was preached ought to be in letter form, that you could read it. It was a precursor to the message of the hour. But he also believed that one day there would be technology to where that they would capture the voice because Revelation 10, 7 says, but in the days of the voice. And he may have been 100 years ago, but let me just say, he knew. Yeah. 
One thing I have to admire about him, Brother Tim, he said, he said, leave that book of Revelations alone, preachers. It'll take a prophet. Some today are against emotions. But it was some of our grandmothers that were shouting in the spirit. My grandmother was shouting in the spirit and they shot through the windows. And with their their rifles and bullets would drop off of their dresses. So what goes on when you shout? It's about to get right up in here, so y'all hang on. A true picture of the modern church today. Neither does this modern church want any of these screaming, shouting, tongue speaking, Acts 238 youngins around her. She don't want any of them whooping and crying and screaming, amen, hallelujah, why such a child would immediately be put out of her of denomination. If they had one like that in one of their churches, why they'd throw her out right quick. Why you let such things, such stuff as that go on. You see, she's pregnated with something. She's bringing forth members all the time, but she don't want any of them. None of them screaming, hollering, blabbering. Acts 2, 38 miserable creatures that she thinks they are. It would embarrass her. It would learn her high, educated, ethical, scientific society church that she belonged to here. I've been preaching like this for decades, so I ain't stopping now. with the word because that's the only kind that the word can bring forth brother Ron that's an, that's an isolated quote okay you want company I can prove anything without emotion is dead. So your religion hasn't got any emotion about it? Bury it! And get one that's got some life on the inside of it. Well, Brother Branham, it's emotional. Well, I can scientifically prove to you that anything that's without emotion is dead. And if your religion hasn't got emotion in it, bury that thing! 
One more company. Everywhere Jesus is, there's always a lot of noise. People can scream and holler because somebody put a hoop, a ball in a hoop. They can scream and holler because somebody threw the football across the touchdown line. Nobody gets upset, but you come to church and you begin to worship the Lord, you'll raise every devil that's in hell. I say it's time to seek the kingdom of hell. Shake it so loud. I tell the devil don't know what to do with you. Life that screams and worships and praises the Lord. That's not afraid of a living God. A God that can heal. A God that can feel. The God that can raise the dead. The God that can change your body in the moment in the twinkle of an eye. I want to say this to you, Satan. You can't stop it. You couldn't stop all these men. You couldn't stop all of those men. You couldn't stop Peter Cartwright. You couldn't stop John Wesley. You couldn't stop William, Mary, and Branham. And we are not ashamed. News Bulletin 101, you can't stop us. Hallelujah! Well, Brother Ron, we're going to need a scripture for that. David saw the Ark of the Covenant coming back. I said, David saw the Ark of the Covenant coming back. And he got to dancing. And he got in the flesh. Because that's where you dance in the flesh. Then he danced, then he danced. He danced 17 miles. His little snotty-nosed wife looked out the window and she made fun of him. I'm going to tell you, people that make fun of you for worshiping the Lord and make fun of this camp, I'm going to tell you what your future is. You're going to produce a dead church. You're going to produce a dead womb where Christ can be born on the inside of it. When she laughed and she made fun of David, and said all the things that you've heard. <laughs> 
His response was not, I feel, honey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, baby. I'm sorry. He said, if you watch me tomorrow. If you think that was something. If you think that was something. Tomorrow I'm going to be twice as vile as I was yesterday. Last words. There was an old woman that used to come to church and she would say, I've been fighting the devil all week long. But I come to church to get my payday. you've been fighting or how long you've been fighting but you might as well reach out and get your payday because the paymaster is in the building now I need you to do an exercise say you can't stop this I don't know you, but I feel you. <laughs> Why don't you just tell the devil, you can't stop this. I don't know what you went through. I don't know what you've been through. But he can't stop what's not going on in your life. Hallelujah. He may have tried to crush you before and destroy you before. But you have been raised to destroy his kingdom. Not him destroy yours. You have been raised to destroy his kingdom. church that would do that. Of course, a lot of people did it. I understand. At the end of it, she'd go. And I come to church to get my payday. And she would scream with a loud voice, Let's have church! I want you to tell your neighbor, Let's have church! Just go ahead and tell the devil one more time. You can stop this.
How many ministers do we have in the building just now? How many ministers do we have in the building just now? Amen. Amen. If you would make your way this way, we'll have a prayer line. Whoever's going to lead singing, the musicians, if you'll come. Now, I, for one, have given you testimony after testimony of why I still believe that prayer lines work. And for the critic, we have, we have, we've showed you Mariah. We have, we've showed you, we, we showed you Drew. We showed you many other in the building. How many of you have been healed in a prayer line? Would you just raise your hand? Could the camera just scan this audience just now? God supernaturally touched you in the prayer line. Now, it's not because a preacher touched you. We're doing that by commission. And the commission says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Sometimes miracles happen and instantaneously it leaves you. Other situations, you'll have to fight it for quite a while. But you keep believing. I've taken chemo for two years. Let me just share this testimony with you. You may be in a trial that don't seem like it's ending. I've taken chemo for two years. The highest form of chemo that, you, that a person can take, I have taken it for two years. I didn't take it this afternoon with a reason. Because not only are you expecting a miracle... I want to speak third person here for a minute. Ron Spencer's expecting a miracle. And I believe, I believe with all my heart, I believe. Now, I don't want you just to believe for yourself. I want you to believe for others. Because this building is power packed with angels standing all over this building. And I can say it by the authority of the word of the Lord. The angel of the Lord is on this stage even now. I'm not saying that to work you up. I'm just saying that's just how it is. He's here to confirm his word. He'll not let his word fall to the ground. And it's your need that has got God's attention. Your need. Your need. Now we want you to believe. You to believe when you step across. Amen. 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 Sister that's got cancer just now. Amen. The sisters that's got cancer. We want you to be first in line. Just now. Make your way this way. Because I just have a word, and I'm pr- then we're going to go to prayer.
the Bible says that these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. You'll cast out devils. Now, what the doctors have seen, they, they tell you those things because of scans and they just don't haphazardly say you've got cancer because they know there's a lot of insurances that are involved and government things are involved, a lot of medicines that are involved. They have just spent over a million dollars in medicine to put through my body. So they don't do that just by chance. But the thing for you and I is not to fear cancer. Cancer is just a form of a demon. It's a form of a demon that enters into your body to live off of your cells. But you don't have to fear it. Neither does it have to consume you. Neither does it have to control your, your conversation. Our conversations, that's what we're healed. We're healed. I don't know exactly what day it'll be, but we're healed. And we walk in our confession that we're healed. Amen. God bless you, Brother Tim, if you would come. And, amen. We want to we begin. Those that want to be in this prayer line, won't you just line up right here, just behind here. says these signs shall follow them that believe they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover he didn't say when they would recover he said they would recover That's right. he didn't say it would be a miracle right. he said it would be healing healing is what is promised healing is a process we are right here in the moment of deliverance for many many people right now I want you to come praying, expecting, believing, knowing that all things are possible to them that believe. We have been taught to believe. That's what we are. We are believers. That's what believers do. They believe. And we're here tonight, and we've heard testimony. And you may wonder, Brother Ron has given all of these witnesses. And some might think, oh, well, you know, this is to try to be about a man and a man's ministry. No. If you take Brother Branham many, many times, every, just about every taped sermon where he, would, where he would pray for the sick, the first thing that he did was over and over, one testimony after another after another, the things that God was doing. You see, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. So we are here and we have heard testimonies tonight of God's mighty hand of deliverance. And I'll tell you what, it's not just for one, it's for every one of God's children. He wouldn't hold something back from you and give it to another. You're all His children. And He provided freely. Amen. It's all for you. It's all for you. In the early mornings, as I woke up, I woke up of a dream that I had. And as I dreamed, I dreamed there was something there that, was, that, that I had done. And, and, and they were searching for it. And it was something that 
seemed like it was wrong that I had done. And it was searching everywhere, trying to find it. And it couldn't be found. Let me tell you, that's what happens with the blood of Jesus. It isn't that you didn't do it. And that Satan didn't use your body to glorify him and sin. It's that God has pardoned you and forgiven you. Come in this prayer line tonight as washed children. Amen. Yes. Amen. You say, well, I'm not worthy. Listen, you got to get rid of that thought. Right. Amen. Amen. We are made worthy by the blood of the Lamb That's right. and by what He did for us at Calvary. Amen. You are worthy. You are His children. The promise is to you, to our children, to them that are far off. You want the Holy Ghost? You're in the right place. Right. You want to refill another Holy Ghost? You're in the right place. You, you want freedom in your life? Amen. And God to do a work of grace in you? You are in the right place. God is here to do the miraculous tonight. Now, Brother Ron has shared with you testimony after testimony. He said, show me a miracle where you just watched one preach. Amen. It wasn't just that. But what was it, 15 years ago, you was laying, dying. That's going to harvest your organs. I'll never forget driving through the miles to get to his bedside after a terrible burn. Walked into his hospital room. And the first thing I said to him, I have not come to anoint you for death. I have come to anoint you for life. I carried all the prayers of the saints from everywhere where they had been praying right into that hospital room, laid hands upon him. We believe the word of God. And he's lived to preach many, many more sermons. God's the God of miracles. We could everyone testify. Every one of these preachers could testify. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here with us today. Amen, brothers. We're here to believe. Let's just dedicate ourselves to the Lord just a moment as we just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you'll just sanctify the hands of every man that is here today as we yield ourselves as a vessel to you because we are believers, Father. We're asking now in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, as we lay hands on the sick, that they will recover. Lord, that as we cast out devils in your name, that Satan will flee. You told us to resist the devil. He will flee from us. We believe your word of God. We believe, Father, you're going to stop every disease, every sickness, every problem. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Sister Ruth, I'm going to anoint you with oil like the Bible said. This is God's word. This is an action to cause a reaction. We are anointing you with oil because it's a type of the Holy Spirit. It represents the Holy Spirit now that has been placed between you and that cancer. 
Now then, there is a barrier. There is a barrier between you and that cancer. We have represented it by the Holy Spirit. Anointing you with oil. Representing the Holy Ghost. And tonight, from this moment, you walk out of here. No more fearing. No more talking about the cancer. You're not a victim anymore. That's right. You are a daughter of God going to walk in freedom. You go testify of the thing in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And amen.
lift my hands, I lift my hands to the hands, lift my eyes, where my help comes from. Look to you, I walk by faith, trusting
fill on that now with all your heart, all that counts, all that really Time all the cash. 